Welcome to the Healing Place Podcast, where our guests will dive deep and discuss real issues like emotional trauma and profound loss to help you discover new ways of healing trauma in your life with transparency and purpose. Now here's your host, Brianna. Okay, so thank you for joining us for our um, Healing uh, Healing Place podcast. We have a very special guest on today. I wanted us to talk about um, suicide. The uh, rate of suicide has really been going up. And um, I feel as though a lot of of people don't have a safe place um, that they feel they can go to before it gets to the place of feeling as um, though they have no other choice but to take their lives. But today we're going to be able to go into the uh, go on the inside of suicide, um, the thoughts and the mind frame of those who have um, those thoughts and have lived to live through it after attempting um, the act. And so our guest today, Tanya, Tanya is, uh, is very special to me. Uh, she is uh, my friend, my friend who I love dearly. And um uh, she's going to be transparent with us today and tell us about um, her her experience with suicide and um, Tanya. So if you can just give us a little bit a little bit of background information about um, yourself um, concerning the the mental illness that you deal with and what led you and what the the thoughts and things that you had when you when you got to the point of wanting to end your life. Mm, I got diagnosed with depression probably around 10 or 11 years ago. I've always sort of struggled. Um, I seen a doctor about 10 or 11 years ago where I got put on medicine and my life had ran pretty smooth in order. Um, I would say probably 20 years ago, I sort of had a real bad, I was in a real bad place in life and I come out of it with a lot of, you know, um, things that were making my life choices and stuff that were making me in a bad place. And then this past year, I started dealing with my mother's death, some things going on, personal issues going on within, you know, uh, my home and children, you know, just trying to have a, have a, um, I don't really know how to explain it. Like, like a normal I mean, life, but it seemed like it was spiraling out of control. I, yeah, and I just sort of spiraled out of control. And and with when you don't have insurance, you you can't get the help you need. I was I had been told I needed to see a psychiatric or you know a trauma therapist, a specialist, but I had no insurance and I couldn't keep paying out of pocket. I was already paying a general practitioner for to see them every three months to get the medicine that I was thinking they had um, committed me into a psych ward, which with the rate of COVID, they could care less if I stayed there or not, but I was only required to stay there 48 hours if anybody commits you. Hmm. Um, But the whole 24 hours out there, I I didn't receive any, anything, any help. It was like you were thrown in a room with the door shut. Oh, wow. So you didn't, they didn't offer you any therapy there? There was a mental health worker that come in and sort of asked why I was there and stuff like that. And and they were like, they told me that I was in the emergency part of the mental health, that they had no beds and 
when they got to me, they would decide whether I went upstairs for and got a bed and where I could join in meetings and stuff or whether I would be sent to a facility out of Guilford mm -hmm. County, like Mm-hmm. And when you're in a dark place like that, you it's hard to sit still. They're not they they put me in there. They finally did give me a shot of Ativan for my anxiety because I'm having panic attacks. But other than that, I didn't have none of the medicines I was on. I was just sort of shut in a room. Mm -hmm. And then so after I came out, I'd seen my doctor quite a bit from March of last year up until. I tried to take my life and they kept just switching me on and off of different medicines and it was not low dose medicine, it was high dose medicine and I started to think I was maybe over medicated. It was like I could not get up and go and I've always been a get up and go person. Mm -hmm. It was like I was just stuck and now even though I've been totally medicine free for probably 30, 35 days, I think back and it was like such a blur my mind was in a fog. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you feel in a fall because you felt because you were in a low place, or do you feel like it was in a fall because of the medicine? I was over medicated and I was in a low place, and I and I had went to the doctor so many times since last March trying to get straightened out and could not get straight. I I was tired. I was just tired. I was tired of my brain racing. I was tired of not sleeping. I was tired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So take this. Yeah. So take us to the day that you, the day that you had finally felt like, or take us to the days um, leading up to the day you said, okay, this is the day I'm going to end it. It wasn't ever like I'm going to end it. It was like I was doing things like eating tons of pills that would end it. Mm. Like I just, um, I had a prescription of 90 Xanax and they would be gone within three days, four days. And finally, one morning, my husband woke up and found me in the kitchen floor. And um, he said he thought it was the pill. He didn't. He leaned over me and was like, what are you doing? Well, when I got up, my, my foot broke. Well, when I got, I got to the hospital, they wanted to admit me because my CK levels was 1800 and they're only supposed to be a hundred. It's where I had laid there for approximately about five hours and your CK starts shooting off in your blood mm -hmm. to, um, in your bloodstream to, uh, try to survive you. Like if you mm -hmm. wouldn't have found me, I'd probably be alive. Yeah. Um, but I told it, I was just, I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. I just, first they thought it was stroke. Um, I was, I was having, I did have three seizures during this time from stress, the medicine, uh, and everything else that was going on. So I just, everybody, as they gave me the, um, as they discovered there was some seizures going on, they just, I just made, let everybody think that it took me getting off of all the medicine and really coming to my senses to be like, I had tried to commit suicide mm -hmm. because it wasn't adding up. And I just finally was like, I tried to commit suicide. And I, at the time, I couldn't get it out. I thought everybody I felt like I talked to was like, you'll be okay. Snap out of it. Get your, you need to get yourself together. Mm -hmm. It's not that easy. Mm 
yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's important because me, you know, I talked to you and I feel like I was probably one of those people who said, Tanya, you're going to get better. It's going to get better. And um, when I, when, after you told me, I know I said, well, why you didn't call me? And it was something that you said that was very profound to me. And it was, it didn't matter what you said at that time. So can you tell us about that? Because I think a lot of times people don't understand that from the outside, your loved ones, you know, because yeah. I, when people say that I'm going to commit suicide, get them help. But I didn't tell anybody. It was in my brain that I just wanted it to be over. But I also had it in my brain. You know, I love my grandkids. I love my kids. And, you know, I didn't want anybody thinking I was selfish. But I, I had, I needed a peace of mind. I could not, I, it, I had struggled since March, from March to December. And I, I could not handle it anymore. I, I just wanted a peace of mind. And I, I didn't tell anybody. It's yeah. not something that I yelled out, I'm going to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. I couldn't get it out anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't even fight for the help anymore. I didn't, I was over trying to get help because nothing was working. Yeah. Yeah. And I obviously wasn't, I, I, I didn't have the help I needed because of insurance reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't get to the help I, that possibly would have helped me. And a general practitioner was not, was what was helping me. Yeah. And a lot of mistakes that general practitioners make is that they try to step into the on, in the line of a psychiatrist. And it's not fair to the patient because I might your patient might come in and present symptoms of depression, but it's not their job to actually prescribe those types of things. My try to... She never tried to... Um, some of them, I just don't think that they realize that they're probably dealing with somebody that does need a psychiatrist. So they just keep jerking the medicine on and off and everything I was on. I have now been bipolar two, and everything I was on was what I should not have been on. So mm-hmm. it had made me even spiral more out of control. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the problem with our mental health system is that they don't have any, they don't have the resources that are really needed. Um, for people who really need the help, but don't have the insurance. Um, I had called mental health. I had called mental health. Their appointments were so far down, like a month or two down. Mm-hmm. I had called Daymark in Winston. They said I needed to stand outside. Remind you, I'm in a depression. I can barely get out of bed. Yeah. I can barely go. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going the least amount as I can. And coming back home, eating pills and sleeping just to shut my brain down because my brain is racing so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way I could find peace. So when they tell me to come outside somewhere and stand at 7 a.m. in the morning and first come, first serve basis, stuff like that's impossible when you're where you're, I was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I have a new mental health hospital in Greensboro that's open 24-7. And they said that, you know, um, you know, evaluation takes like, but I have not, that is where I've been instructed to go as of right now, um, for the help I need, but I have not went there. I've been, I'm totally off medicine. And as of right now, I feel like I'm not suicidal. I do feel okay. 
I wouldn't hmm. be sitting here talking to you. I, yeah. I was really closed down and out of the loop when I was like that. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I think uh, a signal and what we, we what we have been trained as cl clinicians is that most people who say that they're going to commit suicide normally are not the ones who's going to. That's just their cry for help. That's why everybody says, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not it even put me getting all the medicine I shouldn't be on out of my system to be able to just admit that's what had happened because mm -hmm. I still wasn't saying anything about I knew what I did but I wasn't telling anybody right right do you feel sometimes that you have a space where you can actually be honest and say hey this is what I really really feel or do you feel like you have to sugarcoat a lot of the things that you say to people yeah, you have to sugarcoat it because people look at you like you're selfish. Like, why would you do that when you have children and grandkids that love you? But I don't think they understand what's really going on inside of your head that you're just trying to find a peace of mind because you're fighting a battle within yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, do love, I love my kids and grandkids more than anything. But when you're fighting that battle, it's like you can't even find peace to enjoy them at the time. Mm hmm. It's almost like I can as I'm sitting here listening to you talk, it's almost like someone who has a terminal illness and they get to the point where mm -hmm. they say, Wait, look, I don't want any more treatment. I can't deal with the pain. I'm just ready. And people go to them and say that was not telling nobody I was ready. I, I just had shut the world out. I, I, very few people called me and I would answer and talk to them. Mm hmm. I'd shut down to the world. Yeah. yeah. Besides going to work and doing what I had to and getting right back home, I I I, I was not grocery shopping. I I couldn't. I was done. I yeah. couldn't even barely make it to a store to get groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, for someone that shuts down like that, now let me ask you a question because I think a lot of people want to know this. So even with you shutting down and not answering the phone, um, if someone had showed up at the door and said, hey, I'm here because I'm concerned, how would you have handled that? Same way I did my phone when people were like, I'm worried about you, I didn't answer it. Because in my mind, I had so many people say, you're going to be okay, or, or um, you've got to put this in the back of your head you've got it you know it's like a bunch of tough love people not understanding it thinking i could just throw it in the back of my head and get back up and i couldn't mm -hmm. and i people didn't know the daily struggle i was fighting and i was just so tired of people just thinking they could drag me by my arm and i'd stand back up and be okay again it's yeah yeah and people text me all the time i'm worried are you okay and stuff like that and a lot of times i'd just be like that people don't care they're nosy yeah 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 and so i nobody really ever showed up at my front door but there was a, some phone calls i'd be like people don't care and to this day right now right now the few people who did would call and say that right now that i'm in a whole different place have not checked on me so the whole reason i felt like they don't care they're just nosy Mm-hmm. They're still not being there. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, 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 the state of the world that we're in right now, I'm finding that more and more that people, either they don't know how to care, they don't know what it is to have compassion or empathy or sympathy uh, for other people. A lot of times we're, what we're dealing with, I believe in this season and in this day, are a lot of self-centered people. Very, very self-centered. And because everything is about them and revolves around them, if if they don't feel as though they can actually be the superstar in your life, then why then why do it? Or why um why have concern for it? If that makes sense. That, that's that's sort of how I feel too. That's why like a lot of people I've been told that there a lot of people I mean my own sister tells me that I think everybody's out to get me. I don't think anyone's out to get me, which it is sort of like a bipolar two thing that you a bipolar thing that you do withdraw from people. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think people's out to get me. I just don't think people generally care. I don't think people have compassion. I think there's many people who have compassion or generally 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 care as much as they are being nosy or I don't know. I, I just, I, and that's why I withdraw from people, yeah. which when I did see a medical expert here recently, they did say that it is a bag to be antisocial like I am and to withdraw, but yeah, I, I still feel not on medicine and not in that suicidal place that I am leery of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because if you've not been shown anything different, what else kind of emotions can you have? This right. is all that I see. Um, so I believe that you have, because that's all you, you feel like you have seen, I believe that your your feelings are very valid. I feel like I know who's genuine and who's not. Yeah. Like intuition is very good. With people. It always has been. That is one thing I'm not liking is intuition. And I I feel like I know who's, who's genuine and who's not. Yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. So for... What what does help look like for you? Help. Mm -hmm. What does it look like for somebody to be able to come into your world and be able to be present and walk with you? And you can feel that they're very genuine about what they're doing. Um, like they they're there to hear you. They're they're there to hear you. They don't think that you can just snap out of it. They know it's a process. Like they know that it's something mental. It's not just something like they're, they're there to hear out. They're there to help you. They're there. Even if you was to call them and they were to busy, they always find a place to call you back or you always find a place to call them back. Mm -hmm. Um, so many people say they're there and they're compassionate. You can call them for days and never hear from them. By the then you, if you're suicidal, you'll be dead. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like you, Brianna, you've really checked on me. You've really made sure I was okay. Well, thank you. Well, I love you. Yeah. You really have, you know, with even like with work or, you know, it's like you've reached out to try to get me sources for help and stuff like that. Um, that's what I feel like. Like, I don't feel like everything in this world is tough love. Just shake it off. Get back up. Put it in the back of your mind. Yeah. Everybody's not, everybody's mind is not built like that mm -mm. to go on. Like 
Yeah, and I think it's unfair because some people, some people are mentally at a place where they can do that, but that's them. That's how they're built. I can't go and say somebody else can do the same thing I can do and 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 think that I'm like like they're robots. It's not fair. So for people to think that and to say, well, that's crazy, they should they should be able to bounce back, it makes no sense to me. Because we're people, we're all different. A lot of people don't understand what different lives than other people in life and what that mm -hmm. somebody can't cram but so much down in there before mm -hmm. they can't take no more. Right, because we don't like, already we don't know what's already on the inside of a person. Right. And because and I, and if you I, have it unpacked, then how much more can you get in there? Right. Every, uh, everybody's lived a to hear them tell it. Everybody's had a rough life. But I was one up until this, you never knew that I what had went on in my life. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't want to pick I didn't know at the age of forty two I'd have a mental crisis or mental breakdown or couldn't couldn't anymore i didn't know that but i had crammed so much throughout my whole life mm -hmm. pretty much mm -hmm. a little bit after i was born right right and i you know but and I you never knew this about me everybody just thought i was a strong individual mm -hmm. until i finally start breaking down in 2021 i can't i can't cram no, nothing else in there and i think my mother's death and me not or questioning or getting answers to some of the stuff that went on between you know with my mother made a lot of it surf yeah 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 and it and well i, I know your history so i can I, I know why it would i know why it would um but again like you said because people don't understand don't know the history and now, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of times what happens with people is that I call it journey, um, being able to journey with people or being able to sit in the dirt and in the mud and in the ugly with people. And so because when we get into relationships with people, friendships um, or whatever it is, and we don't take the time to actually get to know the person. So I know of you, but I don't really know you. I want to know. I, it's important to know why a person acts the way they do, why they think the way they do, because I can be a better friend to someone that I know where well, this is why they think like this or this is why they feel like this. Um, and even sometimes when it's something that is ugly, because we have a lot of us have ugly past, you know, but if you can sit with me in the ugliness of my past to understand that I am who I am today. Because either I have not dealt with my past, I'm still holding on to it, or whatever it may be, then you can understand how I how I function and why I function the way that I function. And so, if you can if you can be if you can journey with me and be still in a relationship with me, those are the best people. But because so many people, whether we want to admit it or not, a lot of people, Tanya, haven't even dealt with their own stuff, and so to have to try to deal with somebody else's it sparks up emotions on the inside of them that they don't want to deal with. And so they try to throw off on, um, on the individual. Right. I, I agree with that because I, I have found it myself hard to deal with other people that has not dealt with stuff deep down inside of them, especially if they're, uh, if they've turned like 
narco narcissist and stuff mm -hmm. because of stuff I haven't dealt with. I have seen people like that that have not dealt with their, but have turned not to be such good people in life. Mm -hmm. And like, oh no, run as fast as you can to get away from. It. But yeah. there's also a lot of people I feel like that cannot look at somebody and say they are who they act like that or something's went on in their life that they are who they are mm -hmm. like a lot of people they they just judge you or don't with you or mm -hmm. they're not able to or they're too selfish to see this person is you have you know a lot of times i look at my kids and be like you can't say that about them you don't know what they went through Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. What they affect. You don't know, you know, what's going on in their life, who they are. That's right. That's another thing. I try to understand what's going on within somebody. I just don't push them to the side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's I mean, it's hurtful for somebody to to discard. If you've ever been discarded, you know the pain that it feels uh, that comes from being discarded or being biggest is why I am like I am with people is because I've been abandoned since a young age. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you know, when people say, even like my own sister, she tells me, you think everybody's out to get you. It's not that. It's the fear of abandonment mm -hmm. and that I've been d done so wrong that I push, pe I don't get close to people and I, I am weary of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and then that is a, a coping mechanism that you have come up with. That's how you can, you, um, I've heard people say, that's how I keep myself safe. Mm -hmm. Keep myself safe. And I'm anyway. a loner, you know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Loner, there is certain life like what I've just want, experienced that I don't, I, I do need people that I can trust around or close to make sure I'm not back in that position in life. But like I said, I do have a very good intuition through what I've been through in life, and I and I know who's who's genuine and who's not. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you know, I've been idle, and I can't reach out to you or touch, contact you for a week because you don't answer. I just don't feel like that's genuine to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that you yeah. was never there to begin with. You say I'm the here, call me, but then if you experience and you call and call and you can't get them. Mm -hmm. I, I just more of a nosy. Yeah. Like they want to know just enough what's going on to be nosy, but they're not really there to help. Yeah. Now let's talk about that. So let's sit in that. So when you feel that when people do that to you and you know you're already dealing with abandonment um issues or rejection issues and somebody does that, what kind of emotions do you feel during that time? I cut people off. At my age now, I, I just will cut you off. Mm -hmm. At my age now, I'm just done. They'll come back and say, golly, I hadn't talked to you in so long. Once, so yeah. I don't have no use. Because I feel like people are too self-centered and only thinking about really their self at the time and that they only come around enough to be nosy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want us to talk, because um, I'm sure you've heard um, the former Miss Shoot miss usa um i might be pronouncing her name wrong um chess is it chesley chesley mm -hmm. um but uh we i don't know if you heard on the news where she just committed suicide she just threw herself um 
I believe out of a window um, or some, she threw herself from some type of, um, um, it might've been a window or building. But from looking from the outside, it looked like she had everything together. She was um, beautiful. She had just gotten, well, she's, uh, she was a correspondent with E. Um, she won this pageant and she had, I want to say a nonprofit, but from the outside, it looked like she had everything um, that somebody will want for their life. And everybody is questioning and saying, what was it that led her to do this? And as I was looking and as I continued to listen and kind of just listen to the Holy Spirit um, speak to me, I believe that sometimes, and this might not be her story, but I believe that sometimes people are held at a high standard and they're not allowed to be imperfect. Well, I feel like that. Yeah, I feel the same. I feel like I had been such a strong person so long in life that I had no choice. And then to be strong and then especially raising my, ch my children getting grown. Um, and then everybody thinks you make it look so perfect, but deep down you you've struggled semi the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like time, everybody thought my life was so perfect. I was struggling somewhat, not to where I got, but I've always struggled, mm -hmm. but I was such a person and I never wanted a pity party and never talked about really what had went on in my life. Mm -hmm. It, it threw people for a loop. Like people was like, what's going on? Yeah. You know, the whole time I had struggled all my life, but I had been so strong for so long. People really didn't know to the extent of what I did struggle. Yeah. Yeah. But, but a place on the outside. Mm-hmm. And now I have, Personally, I have um, something you said. Um, you didn't want to tell anybody because you you weren't looking for a pity party. Um, now, I um, personally have struggled with that. I don't want to tell people certain things because it's not that I'm looking for a pity party. What I'm looking for is just for someone to hear me. I just need you to hear me <laughs> so I can get it off my chest and let you, and, and tell somebody, hey, you know what? It ain't what everybody, what people think it is. I'm struggling. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for you to give me help. I'm just looking for you to say, girl, I I, I understand. I love you. Um, you know, and just to actually say that I, I, I'm here with you. I, I hear you because I don't always need you to give me a hand up or to give me help. I just need your ear. Can I get your ear without a judgmental, without judgment? And up until the last year, two years, nobody. I worked a job for six years, and when my mom died, they thought my mom was homeless. Like, I just didn't sit around and discuss really what had went on in my childhood or how it got like it was with where people didn't even know the relationship I had. I never, I didn't mention it. I didn't talk about it because I felt like, People would just, they got, I needed a pit, like, oh, I had such a pitiful life. But then I, I'd always been grown up to think, well, you know, to, I'd been taught growing up, like, you don't grow up doing that. You grow up and say, this isn't the life I want my kids to have. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really ever talk about it. Yeah. I didn't ever bring it up. Mm -hmm. 
Do you feel like if you brought it, if you had someone that you could talk to about it, do you feel like that could have helped you before you got? Yeah, to but this point? once, you know, another thing I had tried to see, and I had tried to see therapist through the years, and after a month or two, I would just walk out because I felt like it would be just a staring blank at me, asking me questions that were wrote down, like and a blank it was never a connection that i really even got deep down enough to talk about it mm -hmm. and yeah. some things you tell people because you don't want them talking to the next person about it yeah yeah, yeah. once again abandonment and who i trust my trust issues were thrown off where i never really talked to anybody about it because i don't know if they're going to go tell somebody else about it and mm -hmm. especially when you're because kids are so mean they are they are they are and that's a that's um I, that's a very good thing that you brought up because finding the right fit for a a, 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 a client and a therapist relationship is very very important. You got to make sure that it's the right fit because everybody is not a right fit for you. Yep, it, and I had been referred to uh, two therapists, and after going a few times, like one, I just felt like she took thirty minutes to note everything, while the other thirty minutes was a blank stare and maybe reading off what questions to ask me and doing breathing technique. I never connected. Yeah, I could never connect, like to even get down to where my issues were coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she probably just only hit the surface, and then again, she she probably wasn't um, trained in what you needed. What you needed was right. someone knew how to really dig deep and get and to it's the so through medical stuff with all this stuff because it's like when do they discover what you need because it's like until i hit 42 they had never discovered i need a trauma therapy or i that i was potential bipolar mm -hmm. from my actions my actions had proved it on and off all along mm -hmm. yeah and a lot of times uh people don't like to refer they don't let me refer you off to somebody else because I know I'm not what you need. And people have a real pride issue with that. I find that I wanted us to touch a little bit on before we go. We're not going to be on much longer, but I want us to touch on um, on. I'm going to say religion. I think I have my own takes as a pastor. Um, I, I pastor and shepherd. Um, the people from a, a whole different viewpoint from what I was used to when I was shepherded because I have um, my clinical, I'm a counselor, but I'm also a pastor. So I, I believe in holistic healing. And so I'm always digging into the humanity of a person before we even dive into the spiritual aspect. So have you been throughout these, have you been told or thrown at, hey, just pray about it? Yeah. And I have, I, I, I do believe in a higher power. I do believe in God. I do believe in a higher power. Um, I know he answers prayers. I know he answers them in his time, whether you want to believe it or not. Mm -hmm. But when you're going through something like that, it's so hard to put all your faith in something when it's, when you just need relief and you're not getting it. Right. Um, and uh, but I, had some things that has set me away from being real spiritual, like mm -hmm. church-wise, religious family-wise, like things that's went on in my family with some religious things, mm -hmm. um, church, like 
the hypocritical, I don't like the big sanctuaries of uh, a lot of, it looks like a lot of money's floating around to make the church go about. Um, mm -hmm. uh, judge, like they say they don't judge, but they really do. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I, I don't know. It's been hard for me yeah. with that, yeah. but I do pray. Right, I do believe in a higher power. I'm not. I do believe in a God and stuff, but it's just been hard for me to reach out with church and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I believe things experienced in my own life. Yeah, I believe for so for so many years, churches have um, tried to be something to people that they couldn't because, um, for one, God made physicians, and so everything you know, prayer, yes, but there's a pill, there's a counselor. And that's what a lot of times people are needing and you're not referring them to who they need. Um, and right. so because of that, there've been a lot of times people have throughout, and I know from old times, uh, long, you know, uh, people have been told that you're not praying enough. And it's like, no, that's not the answer. Because if somebody has a chemical imbalance, that's what it is. It's a chemical imbalance. And um, because they're not getting the help that they need, you're making them feel even better or worse than what they were feeling before. Because now they're looking at God and saying, well, God is not hearing me or God is not answering me. Um, I'm not good enough. I've heard, um, you know, God doesn't love me. And I, going in and having to uh, work with people through these these issues of religion and and god is not a god where he is telling you that not to take medicine medicine is all right uh speaking to a counselor is all right and a pastor who doesn't have the clinical training um it's all right for them to say hey i need to i need to refer you to who does because i'm only a shepherd <laughs> you know and i don't know what to do for you so um a lot of times people or how they get turned off with churches and they get turned off with God and just like, you know, I'm done with the whole thing. No, I know he answers prayer. I do pray for him. Like when I, when I came off to all that medicine that I was on, it was, I went through some hardcore withdrawals. Yeah. Um, like them four days of coming off of that. I didn't know if I was going to make it mm -hmm. like it Worse than any street drug could ever do to me. Yeah. Um. I was on sleeping pills. I was on Xanax. I had slept. That's how I knew. To, that's how I slept at night for the last years. You know, last. I started praying when I lay down at night. Like, God, please, you know, relax my mind, rest my soul. Mm -hmm. I sleep hard with no medicine within yeah. within just thirty days first 10 days i don't think i ever even slept coming mm -hmm. off that medicine so i know there is a god because I, ha I have to lay there and say please rest my mind and my soul yeah. let me rest and and i found that to be comforting like it it did make me sleep you know i i was like he is here with me he is answering prayers but there's certain things that goes on that i do feel like it, it's beyond prayer. like you said a chemical imbalance some yeah. things that <laughs> like I could pray for it all day long, but if I'm crazy, I'm crazy. I can't do anything. 
Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the that's that's the funny thing. But and I and I always like to tell people there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you are fine. You are still uh beautiful, you're still good. God created you to be good. It's just that you got something going on in your mind that, you know, this pill or this counselor is gonna help you with. Um, but yeah, I, I just um from the many people that I've seen over throughout the years, their their distaste on what their experiences have been dealing with um, religious. My experience church has been it it would make anyone doubt their, but I also know church is not for the um, saints; it's for the sinners. That's right. But. That's right. but it is hard to go in and it in a church that you just don't feel well. There's a lot of churches out here. You don't feel welcome. And then plus with something that has went on, you know, within my a family church, you know, it, it's made me question, but yeah. no, I definitely believe in a higher power. I definitely know there's a God. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. And yeah. And I know you do because we've talked um, several times about God. It's just, getting to where I need to be mentally mm-hmm. to get me to where my salvation needs to be, I think. Right. Because or where I need where church was. Right. And, I, 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 and it's hard if my mind is racing because I have been at a place, especially as a single mom, uh, I've been in a place where um, I'm really dealing with some hardcore stuff. And I'm like, I need to go pray, but I could not wrap. I could not get my mind in a place to even calm down to begin to pray. So what um, I what I think back about when I was really in that dark place is I was so exhausted because my mind wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Once again, I just wanted to eat pills to make my mind down so I could even rest. Mm-hmm. But. I couldn't even get up to take the shower to get ready to get there yeah. because my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like my mind wouldn't stop. Like I finally got my mind to stop racing after I felt like seven eight months of it racing. Yeah. It was like I was in a, I was in a battle with it. Mm-hmm. And it, that itself is mentally exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I and I tell you this all the time, but I'm very proud of you. And I mean, I know what you just went through and what you just came out of, but I'm very proud of you because um, I know that you are you are a what I call uh, a person who just likes to care for people, and so that's what you do. And so I, I I'm proud because I can tell that even though it's almost like baby steps, but you're taking your life back where you're looking and saying, "This is about me." This is about me and let me, let me care for me. So many, so many people for so long that I had forgot about myself. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's like, God did snatch it all away. Made you, made me sit down and think, well, you have no choice but to care for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have got to get yourself. To- yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just proud of you. I really am. I really, really Thank am. You. Not where I want to be, but I feel like I'm headed there. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to get there. Like you said, it's baby steps. Yeah, I'm baby. not where I was. Definitely not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the most important part. So what would you tell somebody that is that may um, hear? Because we're going to be this is going to um, air on YouTube and Facebook. And then we're going to have um, be on iTunes as well. Um, so what would you uh, how would you encourage somebody that is sitting where you just came from? Don't wait till it's too late. Just I, I once again, I stopped. I stopped. I was not caring for myself. I was caring for other issues I had going on in life, trying to deal with them. When the whole time I need to help myself. Um, everybody kept telling me to slow down. I couldn't slow down because I was so, my mind was racing. And I know everybody says, I'll be here. I'd rather be than you do that. But I think when people get to that point, it's not even about who is there. They can't get up to even call. Your mind does not let you even call. It's You're just ready for it to be over. Mm-hmm. It's just don't, like it's serious. And before you get there, reach out. I, I, scr- I was screaming out for so long before I got there. But then after I hit rock bottom, it was like I was done asking. When people, people don't understand that, when people get there, they don't scream, I'm going to commit suicide. They don't say, um, I need help anymore. It's over. Mm-hmm. And I think it's big that people educate themselves on people that are screaming out for it. Mm-hmm. Like, just look at them, pray about it. You've got to stop. you got to put this behind. Get yourself up. Get yourself. That'll push somebody either, even further because they're, they're going to stop opening up to you. Because mm-hmm. no matter how it, easy it is for you to say that, it's not that easy for them to get up. Yeah. 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 So, like, yeah. I felt like that was a lot of my. Uh-oh. We've lost her. Hopefully she'll come back. Um, But while we're waiting on her to join us again, I want to um remind you, if you are going through um, and you feel as though all hope is lost, I want you to take the number um, that I have across the screen. Um, those of you who are listening uh, via podcast, the number is 336-902-3202. Um, don't wait until it's over, until you feel as though you, you don't have any other options. We are a group of people who understand how uh, what is needed as far as being present. We understand what it is to come and just sit with you um, and to just hear your fears, hear the things that you are actually going through without any judgment. We want to be there for you. Uh, we we offer um, support. We're non-judgmental. Uh, no, uh, we will not push um, our religion off on you. We will offer you prayer, of course. Um, But we want to let you know that you're not alone and that what you're going through is um, you're not the first. You won't be the last. And we want to let you know that, you know, there is life after this and that there is help for you. And so, again, please don't feel as though you have to go through this by yourself. Um, We're here for you. We love you uh, with the love of God. We're not judging you. We're not looking at you as though um, you're less than. 
we understand life happens. We understand that sometimes we go through things that we don't always understand. And um, we understand that some, some of the things that we go through is just not fair. Life happens. We all have went through um, something these last two years. Uh, we have had to be isolated. We have had to deal with more deaths than we ever had before. And so um, we we understand. And so, again, we want you to know that we're here for you. Don't wait. Um, you don't have to give us your name. But we do want you to know that we are here. The lines will always be open to you. Um, the number is 336-902-3202. Again, um, we are here for you. Um, it doesn't look like um, Tanya's going to be able to get back on, but um, we hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. I, um, within my heart, I wanted us to really talk about it and dive into it and really talk to someone who has lived through um, um, depression and actually go, trying uh, going through the act of um, trying to commit suicide. We thank God that Tanya um, is still here with us. She's such a sweet soul. And she has a wealth of knowledge and a wealth um, uh, and a will of wisdom. I believe that will be helpful to anybody that you would like to um, talk to her. Um, she is open to talk. And so, again, you can call that number 336-902-3202 um, and we can connect you to her. Again, we thank you for joining us for another episode of The Healing Place. Um, you can find us here um, at least once a month. Um, bringing you voices of healing, voices that would take us into issues that many of us deal with and how and give us as they give us their story of survival and how they have worked their way through it, their way through it, or how they are still working their way through it. Um, but again, we thank you. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to um, any podcast um avenues that we have we are on apple itunes we are on um all the major platforms you can find us there again we thank you we love you and we'll see you soon thank you for joining the healing place podcast we hope you've discovered new ways of healing the trauma and losses in your life our podcast is supported by listeners like you by using the link in our bio Join us next time and remember to subscribe and be part of the healing conversation.